Welcome to Inman Reconnect, where we bring you into our conversations about what's happening next in real estate. I'm your host, Clelia Peters. Let's jump into today's episode. In today's episode, Keller Williams president Josh Team discusses the role of tech at Keller Williams and reveals who he admires most in the industry. Josh, you've got you to myself this time. <laughs> so let's just jump right in and what do you think is the difference between a tech company and a brokerage? Um, I, th- I think it's what you focus on. I mean, we have a, uh, Gary Keller is the, the author of The One Thing, and we believe very strongly that companies have to focus on one thing. And the reason that um, brokerages are amazing is because they're focusing on helping agents be in transactions and, and build those relationships. Uh, technology companies focus on building technology, if you will. And so the, the major, major difference, and, and that's why you actually see some companies struggle um, Brokerage being a brokerage and a, and, and a tech company or a brokerage and any other company is because it's hard to do multiple one things at a high level. That's interesting. I, I do think that some tech companies would push back and say that the tech that they're building is just facilitating the one thing, which, you know, we've heard a lot of people on stage say today that their one thing is like making the experience better for the consumer. Yeah, um, say it differently. So, for instance, um, the people that you're going to hire and, and the organization that you're going to run has to be focused on your core business and your core objective. And this is where I actually think, um, selfishly, but also uh, authentically believe that the, the, this is where the large franchises have the opportunity to provide value so that our, our brokerage partners can focus on building amazing brokerage businesses and then the franchise organizations can focus on building value around the brokerages to, help, to accelerate them and amplify them in a way that maybe a, a, someone that's the brokerage and everything, it's hard to do that at scale. Um, and so I don't want to speak to other people's business plans or, or their assertions, but um, I definitely think that you, know, you succeed better through others and, and, the, and the larger group you have focusing on, on different things, the, the more successful you can be. Well, you guys definitely have a large group. <laughs> Um, there are some people who might actually see being a big company in this environment as being um, a challenge. You know, we have a lot of innovation coming from smaller, newer companies. Do you see that as being a challenge? Do you think you're encumbered by carrying the infrastructure of Keller? No, not at all. It, it creates some complexities, undeniable. Just moving 160,000 agents in the US, 10,000 agents globally, and everyone moving the same beat. Like the army, it takes harder to coordinate the army than it does a five-man SEAL team. Like there's, there's complexity in size for sure. But, but the truth is when you, when you zoom out and look at the macro level, um, disruptors in, in these smaller organizations that you're, that you're alluding to, um, they have a, a big challenge. And the big challenge is when you look at every other vertical, whether it be what Disney's now doing with streaming, or um, what other incumbents, when incumbents decide to, to play in a game, they always win. When the incumbent decides not to play, they always lose if that new disruption t- takes hold. So we'll give you a couple examples. Everyone talks about Netflix and Blockbuster, but the truth around that is when Netflix 
um, started competing with Blockbuster in cannibalizing subscriptions, Blockbuster started Blockbuster Online, and that was their version of Netflix. And they actually went and duplicated the value of Netflix. Um, Netflix saw their acquisition start to plummet, and they couldn't maintain it. So they actually went to Blockbuster and said, buy us for pennies on the dollar. And Blockbuster didn't feel compelled to, and their board actually didn't see where that was going long term. So they actually, long story short, sunset their online division and went all in on brick and mortar. And in that moment, their, 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 their history, history was you know, sealed, their fate was sealed. And then comes Hulu. Hulu comes out, and they're basically the, the, the uh, return of the Jedi. They're going to work with the, the television companies, they're going to work, they're going to create a better product, and they're going to challenge and disrupt Netflix. Netflix, as being the disruptor, understood the vulnerability there, so they decided to play. And they actually started to duplicate the cool things that Hulu did. And here's the arms race. Can Hulu take market share faster than Netflix can duplicate value? Facebook and Google Plus is a great example of this. Google's gonna come out with their social media, social media platform, and they're going to duplicate and copy Facebook. And everyone called Google Plus the, the Facebook killer. Execs were leaving Facebook. People were like, it's over. Google's got all the money. Google's got all the brains. They've got all the, so the consumers already. They launched Google Plus. There's a few features that people like. There's Hangouts. There's live video. So Facebook started to duplicate that. We now have Facebook Live feeds. We have the groups came out of this. And so Facebook was able to duplicate the value that Google created before Google could take market share. And so this is the advantage that incumbents have, is when, when there's disruption, I think you know, the, the previous panel was even speaking about this, was when there's massive disruption, the incumbent gets to look back at a national scale and pick bets and then say, we're going to play there. And when that happens, almost every time in every vertical, the incumbent that wants to play in that space is able to duplicate value before the disruptor can, can take the market share. So, a little bit of applause out there. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> uh, what are you guys doing in this environment then where there, there is disruption, things are changing, you know, there are new additions, though Ron might say that, Ron Peltier might tell us that they're all things he's seen before in the industry, but um, how do you decide what you are going to implement or build, and what process do you use then to build those things? Yeah, so th there's two types of disruption, and, and I think we like to talk about as an industry, and we like to get caught up in this idea of disrupting with the consumer and the consumer experience, and there's some disruption there, um, but the truth is, like, my mom doesn't think about buying or selling a home materially different than she did 20 years ago. Other than sitting in the audience clapping yes, right now. Yes, yes, right. that's absolutely right. No, and so the consumer disruption has not happened in, 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 in a big way, and, I, and we hear Zillow um, in their theory, their operating thesis now is that if we just made it easier, more people would transact. And maybe that's true, uh, maybe that's not, we'll, we'll find out. The biggest disruption that's happening right now is, is it, and it's, 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 it feels small and it's not as sexy to talk about, and, but it's, it's a really big deal. And it's something that, you know, we started our journey a few years ago, and I think uh, at this event, um, some people called us crazy, um, about getting into the technology space and start building our own technology. And now, and, and it was the right move, but a lot of the competitors are now starting to do that same thing. I think Realogy just announced that they're start, starting a innovation hub to do this. Remax just bought Booge last year. Um, and first, just now. That's right. And so the, we're seeing that the, uh, these other large players are starting to, to follow suit because it, it, it's the right move. And, and what that is is no longer are the real estate companies that maintain 40 to 60% of, re of residential real estate 
dependent on what a vendor thinks the experience should be for their agents and the consumer. We're able to start architecting and building out the solutions that we think we need um, to create the value to make sure that we're able to take unfair market share. And that's actually a really big deal that we'll continue to see play out over the next several years. Um, and that's a, it's a, it's a, it's a seismic shift. I mean, there's actually having a lot of unintended consequences in a very positive way for agents all across uh, um, the industry. Um, that said, the, our process specifically is what do we pick on is we, we are very transparent. We have, a, we have a labs process. So we actually engage over 40,000 agents um, to do this labs process where they tell us what they want. They tell us what to build. They tell us when we get it right. They tell us when we get it wrong. And there's actually a really good example of this. Um, so we first opened up our agent operating system um, command in FAM reunion, our, our national event in February last year. We invited all the agents to come participate in that lab with us. And we got a lot of things right, and then we got a lot of things not right at first. And one of the ones that we launched was SketchHouse. SketchHouse was this, was this part of the, of the ecosystem the agents said we want to be able to, to create and manage our marketing collateral. And it wasn't amazing, uh, transparently. In fact, the, we nicknamed it Sketchy House. Uh, and um, that, 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 that was a thing. But here's the cool part. Within 30 days, we got the feedback from over 40,000 agents about why they didn't like it. Within 60 days, we redeveloped it, and within 90 days, we redeployed it as designs. And just a few months later, uh, which is today, designs now um, every week, over 50,000 marketing pieces are generated every day inside of that, that component. And so that's the, the real time, the nimble feedback that you have to be able to have with our agent partners in order to create something meaningful. Yeah, it's so interesting because what you're talking about is the sort of rapid iteration model that's been used to build technology very successfully for many decades. And actually, we're all subject to that when we relate, you know, when we interact with tech products. We that's don't right. even know that Facebook is A-B testing on us that's all right. the time. But I think historically, because agents have been eat what they kill, um, you know, there's a lot of anxiety about interacting with new things. How are yeah. you creating a culture, not just in a corporate culture, but with your agents, where they're not just pissed that you're wasting their time having them like test a bunch of new things all the time? Yeah, actually, I mean, this is where I've got the benefit of working with what I believe one of the most culturally sound organizations on the planet. Um, and that starts with Gary Keller and what, what Mo built and, and, and all the previous leadership. And so our agents, for the most part, um, of course, at 160,000 agents and growing, there's going to be a few people that get frustrated with us. Absolutely. But large and mainly, you know, they actually see us as partners and that they're building this. And it's because we're able to move fast. So I would say if they didn't, if they were giving us feedback and then we're like, we'll see you next year, that's going to create a, a big challenge. But when they give us feedback and then sometimes a week later, we make that enhancement that they asked for, they actually feel that partnership and that actually creates excitement. When we, do, when we do releases, we'll have thousands and thousands and thousands of agents um, on our, our, our groups actually commenting on our release logs, which is because they feel like they're part of it. We have whole groups of, we call them lab advisors, that they're all across the country, and there's hundreds of them who are in our QA environment. So I think it's going deeper uh, than just kind of the lip service sometimes. And the, the hard part about this, though, is you have to be like, you have to have the, run the most transparent development playbook that the industry's ever seen, and we're doing that. And that means you have to be able to have some tough conversations when you get it wrong. And so that's the challenge. That's, that's the, that's the trade-off that the organization has to be willing to take. And do you feel like you're, I mean, are you having those tough conversations when you get it wrong? Like, give me an example of that. Yeah, actually, um, we, so for instance, we've got about 44 million um, contacts, active contacts in our database and growing uh, at about a million a week. 
And one of the challenges that that has is when people do searches, we have to be sure that the algorithm can do it very fast. When you look for John Smith across every email note or tag, you don't want to wait 30 seconds. So we have to make sure that algorithm is very, very quick. So sometimes people are wanting more advanced search features. And we haven't added those to search features because we were making sure the algorithm can scale. So I didn't ask me anything just a couple weeks ago with our entire organization where I let them ask me any question. That was one that came up and we, we addressed that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, uh, it's about being fully transparent all the way from you know, every, with every region, market center, brokerage, agent, um, all the way up to the top. Awesome. In that vein, I'm curious, what do you think is the thing that you guys have gotten wrong so far in your journey towards being more technologically advanced? Um, the, 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 the thing we got, well, the sketch, sketchy house, so anytime you deliver <laughs> a product and they nickname it sketchy, that's not ideal. Um, so the, there's definitely been decisions we made that were wrong. And the, the important part to me is like, we make a lot of those decisions. We make a lot of decisions where we're right. We make a lot of decisions where we're wrong. That's not actually the important part of the, the journey. It's about making sure we have a strong partnership and that we can get that feedback in real time to make it best. So at the end of the day, as long as that partnership holds true, then we can continue to deliver more and more value for our agents than they've ever had before across the entire ecosystem. And we, we offer the, what they want, with everything they want for the cheapest available price on the market our agents win, we win, everyone wins. And so as long as we're in dialogue, we can't get, we can't get anything that wrong as long as we're listening and making it and addressing it quick. But we make lots of decisions every day that like, oh, I probably should have gone left and we went right or probably should have gone red instead of blue. Yeah. What is it that you're hearing from your agents in this interactive process about what, the, like, what do your agents feel are the tools they need the most? Yeah, so that's actually what we build. And, 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 and one of the, the coolest parts, one of the things we hear them really excited about is like, for instance, um, our consumer app, uh, and we've got, uh, we're previewing that here at Inman um, at the, the future thing next door, um, but it's gonna be launching very soon. And it's the first time agents will have a national search portal of their own, branded as them, connected back to their agent operating system, and allowing them to rise above their restrictions of their local MLS. And, and, and be able to do that type of legion. And, and, and the same type of mobile app, the same mobile app where they can search, this will also be the first time that a consumer can transact on their phone. And that's actually a really big deal. We're getting into that end-to-end -end journey uh, that everyone's been kind of chasing. On top of that, people want simplicity. And so we have this whole five minutes of value. And they, one of the things that we've heard a lot is that there's online lead generation is, is, is harder and costs more money. The cost per acquisition is being more challenged. And so we've been focusing big with our partnerships. You know, one of the things at scale, you get to do some deep partnerships. So we've partnered with Facebook. Um, we're able to take our AI on the national level and let agents run campaigns. And just in the past few months with our AI and our partnerships, we've generated over 100,000 leads uh, for agents at an average cost of a dollar per lead. Um, and agents like that a lot. Um, we're able to help them track their entire business from the time they get a, a lead all the way to uh, closing and actually tell them where people are staying in their buying and selling funnels and how long is there, are they staying in those funnel in, in that part of the journey compared to everyone else. So they like being smarter about their business. Um, I could go on and on, but we have thousands of, of, of features that our agents have ideated in labs and told us these are the things that are important to us. But at the end of the day, what we're, what, we're, what we're moving towards is this end-to-end um, this -end platform that, it can, that an agent can run their entire operating system, their entire business 
from one system, from lead generation to deal management to having their own uh, their website, their own mobile app, they can dis dispense those things, manage the transaction, all that stays simply in, in one place for them. And as we, as we continue moving to that journey, I mean, the, the, the day speaks for itself. We have about 111,000 agents logging in each week, and they're all doing different things. And it's because they're saying these are the things that, that matter to us. To what degree are you incorporating features, or do you think your innovation is being spurred by competitors and things that are popping up in the market before you're able to come up with them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so our, the consumer app that we're releasing um, in, in, in a few weeks is highly inspired by what we consider to be best in class, and that's where we started. So um, our- Do you want to shout out to a couple of competitors that you think are doing things right that you've learned from? I feel like so often incumbents are critiquing the, the new guys from the stage. I would love to hear you acknowledge a few people who you think have really gotten it right in certain places. Yeah, um, so I actually went on the record uh, a while back saying that Redfin has got some really great online experience stuff and that was quoted and created some confusion. So some of those are gunshot <laughs> because of the coverage we get. But yeah, I'm on the record saying I think Redfin has a really nice search experience and that, and that was highly, it highly inspired us to start there. I think Zillow does some really good things to search around just small things like, for instance, Redfin does clustering, um, which we didn't, we found in our user research, that wasn't the, the most amazing thing, but the, um, what Zillow does, they actually plot them all out, and like that's very, consumers like that, but are less clicks. So we think Redfin and Zillow, a hybrid of those two, they get a lot right when it comes to the search experience. And if you're going and building a new experience for agents to go give to their clients, that's table stakes, and, and because they've now created, they've, ra they've raised the standard of what online search and that online experience should be, and you now have to play at that level if you want to play in the game. And so I think give them a ton of credit. I think a lot of, um, I think a lot of the a lot of our, our competitors, both at the brokerage and the franchise level, are all you see them all making strategic bets. And what that does is it makes every other company look really hard internally and ask questions around: Is this going to be sustaining value that a lot that agents can grow bigger businesses and create better consumer experiences and everything from? Um, I don't know if you get into the details, but I think that's 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 I think everyone's doing that. I think everyone's raising their game, which is ultimately good for agents and consumers. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to enable you? to create tools that will be different and better? Mainly our partnership with uh, our agents. And the second, we started this four years ago. So the challenge we see that when we go in from a competitive landscape, when every other large organization is just now starting, kind of what we started four years ago, we, uh, we know the journey ahead of some of them. So that gives us an opportunity for the next for, for a moment in time to continue building what we already have and, and continue taking market share like we did in 2019 and continue trying to do that in 2020. So we actually think the next year or two is going to be very um, opportunistic for us uh, based off just kind of how the dominoes are laying down. What are you personally most excited about that is going to be introduced in, let's say, the next 12 to 24 months? So the, the consumer app. The consumer app is the end. So for the first time ever, an agent's going to be able to take their branded app, give it to their database, their database can give it to their sphere, and they can look, they have national search, brand it back to the agent where they track every interaction. We'll have collections, we'll have all the things that you can imagine and all the, all the other consumer and the, and the big portals um, tied back to the same operating system that lets you do a transaction. So the full journey, and then the consumer can actually go through the entire transaction on their phone. And so the full end-to-end, -end, um, it's right around the corner for us. We're super excited about that. And we're preparing for a national event 
Gary Keller wishes he could be here. Um, we know these are some of the, the best minds in real estate um, pouring in to figure out how to raise the bar. And so um, he did record a, a quick video, a uh, 30 second video, just to say, um, thanks everyone, if we can watch that now. Awesome, let's watch it as a way to wrap up. Hi, I'm Gary Keller, and I'm the chairman of Keller Williams Realty. I'm also a real estate agent and have been since 1979. It's this passion that pushes me to make things better for all agents and the clients that trust them with the biggest investments of their lives. This week, we're honored to give you a first look at our soon to be released consumer app. With its release, agents will be able to offer an app with a world-class search experience and enable their client to transact a real estate deal straight from the phone, all while keeping the agent at the center of everything. Awesome. Awesome. That was a much more restrained Gary than the last time I saw him on this stage. <laughs> Thank Gosh, you. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Inman Reconnect. Visit inman.com slash reconnect for all episodes of Inman Reconnect. Please subscribe to Inman Reconnect in the Apple Podcast app on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts.